right. Well, today I'd like to talk to you about Star Trek Adventures new GM guide, which should be coming out shortly. Uh, this is a, a lovely hardcover book. Um, like all their other books, wonderfully illustrated. Uh, this book is specifically designed to help the game master, and it's got a lot of great stuff in it. Just quickly running through that, in chapter one, we start off with what makes Star Trek Star Trek. Uh, as we all know, Star Trek is different. I, I dare say Star Trek is special. <laughs> uh, it's it's unique. Um, you know, and I, I, I love Babylon 5 and, and Star Wars and everything, but they're there's something great about Star Trek, and and this chapter tells us what's great about Star Trek. Uh, and you know, it's it's hopeful, uh, it's diverse, um, it 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 features characters over plot, it examines the human condition, and and one of my favorite things about Star Trek is that um, it's about functional adults. <laughs> That's not quite how they put it in the book, but really, you know. A starship is full of professionals. They don't bicker and squabble for no point, uh, just to make drama. So the, this chapter really breaks that down uh, for you. And so you can help bring that to your table. The next part of the chapter kind of goes down into what makes Star Trek Adventures, Star Trek Adventures. It talks about what's special and unique about this game. Um, things like it's very player character focused. The rules are flexible and can be as simple or complex as you want on a sliding scale. It's a collaborative role-playing game. And, and I know that a lot of game, a lot of role-playing games are at least supposed to be kind of collaborative, but in this game, characters have specific roles and they're supposed to work together as, as part of a ship's crew to get a mission done. In chapter two, we go into the Star Trek setting, what makes the, the setting special. We have a big chapter on the founding technologies, the the, the unique technologies of, of Star Trek. You know, the transporter, obviously, and um, <clears throat> warp drive and different weapons. What I like about this chapter is uh, it's not about rules. There aren't really a lot of system rules in this book. There's, a, there's some later on, but not here. It really talks about the underlying science of the technologies and gives you a breakdown of what the technologies can and can't do, which is really helpful for running the game. You know, if the, the player says, aha, I'm going to use the transporter to rip his heart out. <laughs> Wait a minute. Can, does that actually happen? I've never seen them do that. So this chapter helps you understand the technologies a little bit more. Um, and they also have useful things like what if your character does come up some some crazy new use for a technology. How do you reward that and yet not have it ruin your game forever? <laughs> and the short answer being make it a once-off. It, it works this time, but it's hard to do it again. And, and then the boffins back at Starfleet can pick it up and work on it. And you've created a new technology that will roll out in about 10 years time. <laughs> Meanwhile, on with the game. <laughs> So after technology, we we have a chap uh, we have a section on the Star Trek society. So uh, we have cultures, uh, we have economy. And that's always a big question: How does this actually work? So that's really useful. That kind of lays out how that works for you. The next section is about Starfleet protocol. How Starfleet works. Uh, there's always been 
this kind of ambiguity about Star Trek. Is it a military organization? Is it not a military organization? It kind of straddles the, you know, the fence there. And honestly, that's because I don't think the original series kind of made up its mind. They kind of flopped back and forth a little bit. But there's no denying that Starfleet takes a lot of its structure from specifically the Navy. So uh, this chap, this section kind of lays that out for you. Uh, what is an ensign <laughs> exactly? <laughs> and uh, lets you know how the organization works. So that's really helpful. Next chapter is about the different eras of Star Trek, uh, which is great. You know, we've got everything from uh, the new, uh, the original series, up to the, the latest shows, Discovery and Picard. Now, the the book doesn't mention anything specific about them. There are there are no rules. Uh, but it does mention them, and, and it kind of talks about them a little bit. Uh, so if you did want to do something set in those eras, it would require a little more work on the GM's part, because those aren't spelled out. But they do talk vaguely about them. So you examine the different eras and what sort of games fit best in those eras. So you can decide as a group what era you want. After the eras, it talks about styles of play, which is really interesting. And keep... And, is combined with the eras. These run a huge gambit um, from a high level admiral game, right? Where the players are commanding fleets and things and making decisions about, you know, uh, pursuing the Dominion War or whatever. That's a very unusual style play. So it, it gives you a lot of information on how you might want to play a game like that. Um, from there, we, we move on to things that seem a little bit more familiar. We talk about how to run a game with a long season arc, like we saw in uh, Deep Space Nine. You know, we'd, we'd have long stories. So it talks about how to, you know, put together that kind of story. It talks about the political game, which is like the Admiral game, but on a much lower level. You know, you're, you're, it's still a very political game, but you're, you're not admirals, your, your captains and Starfleet officers. We talk about deep space exploration, which of course um, is the meat and potatoes of, uh, of Star Trek. Uh, we talk about uh, a lost game like Voyager, where you're just, you're, you're out someplace strange and you've got uh, to get back and the challenge that work in that. Uh, we talk about station-based games, course, like DS9. They talk about unsanctioned missions, which is basically Star Trek 3, right? <laughs> you steal a starship to go rescue your friend. Yay! <laughs> I love that movie. That's great. Uh, but even besides Star Trek 3, there were, there were a lot of episodes where people would go off and technically break the rules to get something done. And we talk about a mixed style where you take all that stuff, you kind of mix it together, which is really what uh, the original series and Next Generation was, right? So like one episode would be political and the next episode would be action and then the next episode would be deep space exploration. They, and, and that sort of game would be every every story would be different. You're kind of mixing it up, which, which is good. That would have a nice feel to it. And it talks about how to mix the different styles with the different eras. In chapter four, we've got uh, running the game, you know, so the more detailed information about what to do at the table, how to, uh, how to do the prep work, how to find your players, how to make the characters, how to deal with the different types of players. 
which is really useful. And I really like this section because I've seen a lot of different types of players sections, but they all seem to have kind of the same types. This book has different types of players that I don't remember seeing about and reading about before, like the defender, I think, which is someone who was always concerned about defending the tone of the game. You know, the guy who doesn't like out of character chatter or those Monty Python jokes. Like, okay, come on guys, let's be serious. Let's do this. <laughs> you know, and the guy would, you know, they could also be the kind of guy who's really worried about canon. Like, no, wait, we can't do that, right? In Star Trek four, they clearly said that the whales had gone extinct, you know, that sort of thing. And, and um, you know, so this invites them to realize where they're coming from and what they're, what they really want, you know? So that sort of player could just seem like he's complaining about everything, but what he really wants is he, what he cares about getting the tone of the game right. So how you can connect with that player. So that was a, a really interesting section. Um, they talk about session zero, where you hammer out all these things with everybody. That's great. There's a, there's a section about virtual gaming because you know, it's the, it's the 21st century and, and we can't all sit around a table. And uh, I think we're going to see more of that in games. The game books are going to kind of accept that reality. So there was a bit on how to run a virtual game. Uh, there was a section on um, safety and consent, you know, um, making sure everybody's comfortable at the table. Uh, the, in fact, throughout the whole rule book, they, um, they really make a point uh, about, about, you know, diversity and, and, and safety and tolerance, not being just a part of Star Trek, but a start part of Star Trek adventures. Uh, chapter five is kind of how to bring all this stuff together and how to tell Star Trek stories. So it's, uh, it, it, it really sums up all the chapters before. It's like how to take all that stuff and weave it together. So the last two chapters, this is where we get rules. We start talking about uh, how to make the rules work for you, how to use the rules more simply, or, or more on, with more complexity, uh, and they also they also offer some new rules. So it, it's a it's a very useful book. I really love it. Some of my favorite gaming books are GM guides. Uh, you know, I I really like that. And my my favorite ones aren't about the rules, you know, because I get all the rules in the in the rule book. Uh, but it's about how to run a game or, or better yet, how to run this specific game, which is what this is about. And so I really like this. If I could go out on, you know, if I could inject a little bit of heresy here, there are actually, I think, three other Star Trek games. Uh, I don't know if they're in print, but old games never die. They just sit on the shelf. <laughs> there's, uh, there's FASA and there's Last Unicorn and GURPS all of which are good games and they all come at it from different angles. My point is that this game, this book would be valuable for any of those games. You know, even if you, you, you're, you were dusting off the old FASA books or you're playing GURPS, this would be a useful book uh, for you uh, to kind of get your head around Star Trek. And even if you know Star Trek really well, you know, uh, this book, is not about introducing you to Star Trek, <laughs> uh, although it could work for that, but it, it's really helping you to dive down into Star Trek and, and you know, kind of really grok Star Trek, as it were. Uh, so it, it's a great game. 
Uh, it's a great book and it's put together well. It's got a lot of pictures. It's got, <laughs> it's got some pretty, uh, it's put some pretty, a couple funny little jokes in it. Um, in the book about rules, it starts with a quote from, and the chapter starts with a quote from Beverly Crusher. She says, it's a game Riker brought back from Risa. Everybody's playing it. Want to try? You remember that episode where, where Riker brings back the game and, and, and they plug it on their heads and it takes over a whole crew except the, um, except the, um, Wesley. I just thought that was pretty funny to, to put that quote in your game. <laughs> Very meta. Anyway, the, the folks at, uh, the folks at Modifius have a great sense of humor and they put out another great product. So, uh, if you run any sort of Star Trek, you should pick up this book. Well, thanks for watching. Um, like and subscribe. And if you haven't seen it yet, check out our video about the Star Trek Adventures Player's Guide and our video about the Tricorder Collector's Box Set. You don't want to miss that.